0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Insight Weekly Podcast where each week I discuss trending topics regarding nutrition and lifestyle. So grab a seat, sit back, take in the information and enjoy the show. Happy Canada Day everybody. Here we are once again a week later from last it is Canada's birthday coming up. Um, this is the Canada long Canada Day long weekend. Uh, the weather's been shitty. Um, we had a little bit of a break in it, a few hours uh, yesterday, but it's been rather cold and wet. This is typical maritime weather. So if you're listening listening to this and you're on, you know, anywhere in Canada right now. Celebrating this great nation's birthday, um, I want to wish you a happy Canada Day. Um, I'm very, very proud to be Canadian. I we don't talk about this often. You know, we're not we don't carry a lot of national pride or exude a lot of national pride in regards to shoving it in other people's faces. But honestly, like. You know, I know we have our flaws, and we 'll talk a little bit about that today because this is going to be kind of an episode dedicated to that, and a few there was a topic that was brought up in my um, insight uh, coaching group that I want to address as well but um you know we have our flaws, but there's so much here that we have to be thankful for and we should be thankful for and You know, like a lot of us do, uh, we take for granted what we have and are constantly poised and focused on what it is that we don't have. Things that we think we want, but really are just being sold that, you know, um, I've replaced sold with, or told with sold. Um, You know, we have a tendency to focus on other people's ideologies of success and health and life and, you know, all, all, all of those things. And when we get there, we realize that it's not ours and we can't sustain it. It's living a facade. And, you know, I'm really happy to be Canadian because this is one of those places where we're we're very we're very accepting. And it's not bullshit accepting. It's, you know, we do get our backs up and we argue and we piss and moan like a family does. But at the end of the day, we've got each other's backs, and no matter what your ethnicity or sexual orientation or, you know, taste in, in food, um, you're here, you're Canadian, and, you know, that's okay. You don't need to be born here. You don't have to have the same viewpoints or opinions. Um, I really, really enjoy that here. We don't just say it. We actually follow up with it. Um. You know, I don't get into politics. I don't prescribe to that. I got my hands full with nutrition and lifestyle and trying to get people to pull their heads out of their asses so that they can take care of themselves and um, treat themselves like they're someone in this world, someone who is capable of taking care of others, you know, leading by example. It's a very difficult sales task in that regard, this whole preventative um, aspect of health that uh, that doesn't seem too sexy or popular right now um, because everybody's you know everybody loves the the villain everybody needs someone to pick on or finger to point to and they don't like pointing at themselves and you know it kind of makes me sometimes the unpopular one when i need to tell people this that you know it's not our medical system that's failing us it's us that's failing it it's you know we're using it we're using the wrong tool um for the job that we're that the the renovation that we're looking to um, do, or the job that we're looking to undertake, um, the medical system isn't broken. It's you know again how we're using it and what we're using it for, square peg and round hole. So anyway, I won't uh, I won't get into that. I'll save that for another podcast I might, you know, circle back and touch on it here and there because it is a very, very big and valid point that people need to start to look at and uh look at it from a different perspective, right? Again, I'm giving you my perspective. That's all that this is. It's based on, you know, 20 years of dealing with tens of thousands of individuals like yourself, not head buried in books reading about studies and hypotheticals and, you know, all of this other stuff, um, you know, epidemiology and, and these these statistics and reports without the actual human interaction. I've been entrenched in human interaction for the last 20 years, from the fitness industry to the diet, nutrition, wellness industry. Um... And anyway, it's it's a big deal, and um, I think we really need to be and pay attention to the um, the thing that we've been neglecting, which is our own personal stake in this game, and stop blaming other people. So back to the Canada Day, um, we you know we have healthcare. Everybody knows that it's one of the major. Um, Things that we're proud of here in Canada is the fact that you know people get sick and people can go to the hospital. Um, that being said, you know, working in my field, it can be it's it's frustrating because what it does, what I feel it's been doing, having free healthcare and it's not free. I mean, the government doesn't pay for it; we pay the government, so actually we're paying for it. Um, but. Anyway, that's a whole nother topic, and that's out of my field of expertise. So I, I tend not to or or try not to get baited into having discussions or giving viewpoints other or just brief other than brief viewpoints on things that I'm really not uber educated on. I'll I'll you know I can comment to the depth of my knowledge on it, but it's not that deep. Anyway, um, so what what bothers me is that uh, our system is set up. That um, until you're sick, then you can, you know, see and 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 get dealt with. So it's a very reactive, and they call it healthcare system, but I've affectionately, and, and I know a lot of you out there have affectionately started to call it sick care system because you don't really get any attention unless you're sick. And the sicker you are, the more attention you get. So really, can we call it health care system if that's the way it's set up? It seems a bit ironic. Um, what... What I'm focusing on, and so many others that are out there, practitioners of you know uh, natural health means in terms of trying to get people to focus on their daily, you know, the preventative aspect of of, of medicine. And that's true healthcare. Like healthcare is self care by taking care of yourself, making good decisions, changing things as they start to present themselves, instead of letting them fester until they become an acute and um, an aggressive, life-threatening situation. I mean, all things are life-threatening. Your blood glucose starts to go wonky. That's life-threatening. Whether or not you're diagnosed with diabetes type 1 or type 2 at this stage, it's still indicating a trend that um, within time is going to get to the acute stage where you're going to need to be treated through the sick care system and given some medication. So statistically, like, you know, those are the those are the monsters that that are we're actually dealing with and uh why aren't we taking caution now why aren't we thinking about you know well statistically I'm going to end up and why don't I take ownership of it right now so that I don't have to um the US for example you know Healthcare is very, very expensive. I have uh, cousins and relatives. Uh, well, that's kind of, yeah, that's redundant. Anyway, cousins are relatives. I have relatives and friends in the U.S. that, you know, I know how much they pay for healthcare. Uh, how much comes out of their paycheck, how much they have to pay monthly. It's, it's immense. And, you know, it's funny that they're not, more health conscious because they're paying for it out of pocket. Like when you get into different places like California, and you know, ironically, here it's Vancouver and places, you get a much healthier population. A lot of it is based on you know their climate. You, you know where my stance is in regarding how big uh, your environment has and how much your environment has an impact on your overall health. Um, you know, these people live in different environments, and those. Environments are more contributory towards better daily decisions, better daily practice, more mindfulness in regards to what you're eating, why you're eating it, and, you know, in terms of movement and spending time focusing on your specific needs, not necessarily the needs of others first. And, um, it's pretty crazy how big of a difference that can make in someone's life. Um... But here in Canada, like, for example, where we live on the East Coast, where I live on the East Coast, um, you know, we are some of the sickest individuals right now when it comes to chronic illness and disease. I know the statistic for New Brunswick was 67% of New Brunswickers over the age of 35 are dealing with two or more chronic illnesses. Um, And that's crazy, right? That's literally insane. Like, that almost 70% of the population is dealing with, and, you know, Chronic illness isn't like eczema. It's 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 not just. It's depression. It's diabetes. Um, it's heart disease. Like those things are classified as chronic illness. Depression is is huge right now, um, and a lot of that. Again, when you look at it from a different perspective, a lot of that has to do with you know, our health, our physical health, how it affects our psychological health and how the body gets weak and the head seems to get heavier and heavier because the structure that's holding the head up is weakened. And then before you know it, the whole system collapses. Um, There's a big part of that. You know, people that tend to be chronically ill tend to be depressed. Um, The medications that they're on tend to exacerbate that depression or that feeling of lack of of um empowerment like they can't control their situation they're just and they're going into these poor physicians and these specialists and they're you know begging for these people to fix them but again they're not taking ownership of where they are what got them there the behaviors and we're at that tipping point right now where we need to be made aware of that where we need to take ownership of that shit you know again if you keep following the same pathway that leads you over the end uh, over the edge of a cliff you know generation after generation or even let's roll back a little bit and decade after decade you know these trends they keep cycling around these diet trends these health style trends and we keep you know jumping on board like some idiot following these trends and expecting well this time it's going to be different you know, it sounds like someone who who exists and lives in, a, in an abusive relationship. Oh, he or she has changed. You know, I'll go back now and things will be different this time, right? There's some type of psychological attachment that we have to, you know, familiar. Even if it's not comfortable, even if it hurts us, we love the fact that we can at least, I don't know, it's the familiar behavior, right? It takes... So many different times for the average person to leave an abusive relationship, and this is kind of where we stand with our bodies and the relationship that the body has with the mind. It's a very abusive relationship. Um, our bodies can abuse our minds. You know, we see it every day with these people out there that are just physically fit, but like I've said before, their headspace is messed up. Right? They're they're wound uber tight. They're overcompensating and that's not healthy right that's an imbalance that's the body running the mind they're as deep as a as a you know um, a water dish when it comes to interaction you know social behavior um, empathy towards others and you know just being an interesting person all they can do is tend to talk about themselves and in their bodies and they're very shallow that way Versus the others that are totally on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, and you know you have these people that are educated at the wazoo like these people are um, what 's the word i 'm looking for are studious to say the least right um, and they 've spent their whole life educating themselves and they have no social behaviors um they don't take care of themselves, you know, professors and doctors and things like this that basically are all about what it is that they know. They they live and exist uh, cerebrally, and uh, they tend to let their bodies go to waste. And we see these people walking the streets. You know, they're hunched over, very low muscularity, high body fat percentage. Um, they smoke. They maybe drink. Um, they don't eat well. You know, you see it. The gaming population is like that as well, Um this weekend, there is a something going on downtown here in Fredericton, which is the capital city of new brunswick um, there's a it 's not comic con it's it's anyway it 's where it 's this weekend event where people get together and they dress up anime it's i believe it 's anime and you know taking a look around holy smokes i mean the i 'm sure these people are very interesting and i 'm sure that they 've got you know a lot a lot of things to talk about but again like i'm just i I look at a lot of them and i see their um their physical structure and how that they've you know it's almost like there's an imbalance there they're probably you know in depth into their industry and their culture which is great i mean that's right It's, it's canada we're accepting of everybody So if you want to walk around and dress like that and go to these places and do these things, that's fantastic because you you know who you are. Like that's an interest to you, that's a passion, and we should always follow what's what we're passionate about. But the thing is, is that it shouldn't come at the cost of your of your health. It shouldn't come at the cost of of being able to do that over a lifetime or to be able to be productive in other areas of your life, right? Um, So, uh, going back to here in Canada, um, we have a healthcare system that once you're messed up, and once you're broken or diagnosed, it's free. But you have to pay out of pocket to see someone like myself. You have to pay out of pocket to stay out of the hospital which to me makes very little to no sense. It would be like um, taxing everybody or, or charging everybody for a clean driving record. And the minute they mess, uh, they mess up and get in an accident, now everything is covered. Now insurance takes over and covers everything. But until that point, they're you know they have to pay to 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 be a good driver. So People that don't want to be a drain on the healthcare system, um, that don't want to be costly and want to be better employees, better parents, better people in general, be- better members of society. All of that has to come out of your pocket in your time. So you have to do it on your spare time. You can't do it at work because workplaces don't support this type of thing. Not really. They'll send. You, they'll bring someone in to talk for thirty minutes or. They'll do a weekend thing and get you all riled up and then leave you hanging out to dry. They'll bring muffins into the workspace. They'll bring apples in and they'll remove the soda machines and they'll bring in juice machines or uh, kombucha. But they're not really giving a shit to the point where they're educating you. They're, They're trying. They have someone in the space to be able to see the human connection with nutrition. And the possibility that this deplorable health that we have and I'm talking where I am right now specifically as a call to arms as an actual link between all of us that can humanize the workspace and having someone in there that you know outside of a massage therapist or an on you know on staff uh occupational therapist of some sort but to actually have someone there um that would come in or that would be available to people to be able to talk about their nutri- their nutritional needs um i once spoke with a psychologist who works spe- uh, specifically or specializes in like family uh dynamics you know marital issues stuff like that and they said to me once that the two biggest and most uncomfortable topics for couples and families to discuss because of the individual nature of it And ideologies surrounding it, money, and nutrition, more so than even sex or sexual orientation these days. Um, You know, when it comes to couples, it's such a topic of individual perspective that it tends to be a great source of conflict. So here we are living in Canada, and I know right now um, the economy is not the best. Um, We're spending an exorbitant amount of money on health care for people that are sick that could have prevented it. And the statistics are there, like the New Brunswick Health Council report. There's the Canadian Health Council report that indicates that 80% of the issue, 40% lifestyle, 40% nutrition. right? 40% Forty percent lifestyle, 40% nutrition. So 80% of the issue associated to chronic illness, that's 70 or 67%. So 70 70% will round up are dealing with. So lifestyle and nutrition have an 80% impact on that. So both positively or negatively, it just depends on what you're doing, right? So if you can influence that, in a positive way, then you're improving that person's capacity for health by 80%. That's ridiculous. And why aren't we talking about it? Why isn't nutrition valid in the medical field right now? Why is it that you know, people that come see me with coverage, some coverages don't cover nutrition. They'll cover uh, uh, you know, massage therapy. They'll cover uh, acupuncture. they'll cover like all different practices, but not nutrition. It's, it's utterly it's ridiculous, and it just goes to show how diverted and distracted we are and how we're not really seeing what's going on here. So the collaborative uh, the, the, the collaborative approach that we should be having is between the patient, us. And the medical or or yeah i'm going to call it the medical system i'm not I'm not going to call it health because it's not healthcare care it's sick care, so you know, but again, for sake of argument and and getting people's noses turned up we'll we'll call it the medical system, so it's us that's misusing our medical system, and it's us that's overcharging the medical system, if we knew a little bit more. About how nutrition and our lifestyle interact, then we would be into the um, we wouldn't be going to the hospital as much, right? Which, in terms of again getting into the business aspect of it, which I'm not super versed on, but you know I do know my ass from my elbow, um, isn't necessarily a good thing when the hospital or the medical corporation is a corporation. So in Canada, what we've done is we've effectively created, um, we are enabled, okay? So when you're sick, everything's fine, and when you're not sick, then we'll just wait until you are sick, and then you get a free ride, and then we can charge out the wazoo. We can have these billable hours, and we can get you in and get you medicated, and yes, we'll cover up to 80% of the medication, but the thing is, is, this is what we're nulled into believing is the fact that you know, we're paying for this because our taxes are going up right faster than the, you know, the um, uh, minimum wages. right? The cost of living is exceeding what they're paying us to live in an inflated world. And we try to generate more jobs and all of these things, but really it's not a hot spot, especially in the East Coast. For new businesses, because you know businesses that would go in and be able to change the world, but would need to have employees and they're capable of taking on such daunting tasks to have the energy and the capacity and the staying power of you know digging in and staying for ten or fifteen or twenty years before it got to the point where shit started to change where that impact made. You know, the long game, the long investment. Everybody's thinking short-term because everybody's only got, um, you know, a sprint in them. They don't have a marathon in them anymore because of the way that we're living our lives and the way that we're thinking and treating ourselves. Um, I guess, really, you know, as, as much as I wanted to make this a Canada Day topic... Um, It all all really boils down to the same fundamentals. You know, it's self-neglect. It's it's the fact that our priorities are messed up and we prioritize work and other people above ourselves. And, uh, you know, how's that working out for us, right? So this is where people like me come in, is we're available and accessible for the first time in recorded history online through certain programs and yes it's out of pocket right now and you know there I know with Simply for Life um, a lot of um, a lot of Blue Cross covers us like there's ways of minimizing those costs but I want to first jump into the word cost it's not a cost it's an investment and we need to invest in ourselves and it just makes sense right because it's no matter how much you invest in the bank guys if you're delusional if you're you know crippled with alzheimer 's or dementia or you 're incapacitated because of a stroke or some type of you know chronic illness like fibromyalgia, Crohn's colitis, diverticulitis, arthritis, you know autoimmune issues ranging from you know A to Z Christ like there's something out there that has your name on it and it's Right now, understanding that and doing what, investing, putting money into a health account so that when that storm hits, you're prepared for it. You've got that rainy day account. All of us are living paycheck to paycheck here. We're right on the edge if we're lucky. I mean, most of us aren't, you know, we're, we're paying our debt with paycheck to paycheck, but we're not able to get ahead at all. Right? We're just keeping the wolves at bay. So if anything was to go crooked, we are sunk. We've got nothing. Right? And this is where you know people like me come in handy. The same way as you should go and talk to a financial advisor before you're broke. You should maybe go and seek couples counseling once in a while, before shit goes sideways, before it gets bad, right? Um, we all know when this stuff is coming, or we should. And I guess this is where the dilemma is: is we tend to be distracted with other mundane, less important things that wouldn't even enter our brains in the last, you know, days of our life on the, on Earth. But yet today, that's all we think about, right? That's all we can think about. Um, so it really, you know. People like myself, I think, are invaluable these days in regards to our perspective of life and how we can jerry-rig things in order to evolve to handle what it is that we're in, right? We live in the best time in human history right now where shit is finally getting done. People are finally starting to speak up and we're starting to accept people for people And the world is this global village. It's an incredible time to be alive. But how many of of us out there are truly friggin' alive? Right? We're barely getting through our day. We don't have the capacity to even notice how lucky we are. Because we're just buried by the shit that we've put on top of ourselves. Right? Because we've deprioritized what it is that we need. So... This is this is a big issue, okay? And, you know, I'm 27 minutes into it, so that's kind of, you know, my insight. That's my two cents. Being Canadian means an awful lot to me, and I want my children to be proud of, of being Canadian. I want them to have the health reserve to be able to help anybody of any race, any sexual orientation, right? Uh... And if they don't have that, if they're barely getting through their own day and they can barely get out of their own way, how are they going to reach down and help someone who needs, who's reaching up for them to help? How are they going to notice someone's special characteristics when they can barely stand to listen to themselves? When they hate the clothes that they're wearing, the way that they feel, life is just overwhelming, I can't handle it, the pressure is... Causing them to buckle, they're imploding. How are they going to appreciate and understand the points of view of other people? Right? There's a brilliant, brilliant quote, and I don't know who said it, and I'll paraphrase it, but it goes to the extent of I'm not concerned about the world I'm going to leave my children, I'm more concerned about the children I'm going to leave the world. Right? we need to stop externalizing all of our shit and saying it's this fault, this is happening, that's happening. We need to fix it. We need to fix ourselves. We need to take a very stoic approach. right? You cannot fix the world until you fix yourself first because you're a fucking hypocrite. Excuse my language. right? If you can't get your own shit together, then you do not deserve the right, and life knows this and won't let you. You're going to be useless as tits on a bull out there trying to you know and i see this with families mothers and fathers trying to influence the health behaviors and lifestyle behaviors and choices of their children and they aren't together like they can't keep their shit together they're overweight they're overwhelmed they they've done everything wrong and they haven't fixed it yet there's a difference you can do everything wrong and then fix it and then that gives you credibility that gives you insight that's where i am or Right? But you got to fix it first before it gives you the right to be able to speak on it. The irony behind this, guys, is that when you do get to that point, you don't have to say shit. You walk the walk. People see it. right? Body language, energy, all of these things. It, you really just... All you have to do is explain it to people when they ask you. And there'll be people asking you, What are you doing? How did you do this? What's going on? What's going on? As opposed to these hypocrites, and social media is full of it, and we're full of it, right? How many parents out there are do as I say, don't do as I do? And how many times when you click on social media sites are these people telling you what to do with the fancy cars behind them and the six-pack abs or whatever it is that they're promoting, right? So we need to empower ourselves, and we need to do that by working hard at it and, and being transparent and taking the time The day-to-day practice of repetition, entrenchment, seeing your flaws, accepting your flaws, fixing the flaws, becoming better every single day, identifying one thing at a time, one step at a time, one Lego block at a time, right? And seeing your life as finite, there's a beginning and there's an end, but there's an expanse in between there that we're pissing away by being... Um, not present, not mindful of ourselves in the equation, okay so um, that 's what these podcasts are for that 's what this that 's what insight that 's nature versus nurture there's both of them are are influencing factors, not one of them is better than the other, both of them are equal, they both have a significant impact, and both of them are sequential. Nature, a lot of it has to do, you know, us in our early age when we're skyrocketing, we're growing exponentially, cellular mitosis and, you know, uh, development, you know, biochemical, neurological development. It's on the fast track and there's no time to really take in the scenery, right? Everything's evolving so quickly that it's just, it's like a, uh, a shop vac. Everything's being soaked up and adjusted to and everything like this. So there's a lot of behaviors, there's a lot of things that are there that um, um, are there because of our genetic predispositions and the fact that information is taken in so quickly and experience and environment and all the senses that really you can't filter out shit. But once we get to a certain age, like in our you know, early 30s, late 20s, things really begin to slow down and those pathways begin to close and there's a lot less taken in, right? There's less space. We have to be more selective. And I think this is where we have the abilities. This is where I'm focusing on is now our environment and how we react to this environment has more of a stake in it. It's, it's like everything kind of slows down and we see this, you know, dude, when I turned 30, you know, I hear this all the time, I started gaining weight and I couldn't eat what I wanted to anymore and all these things started to shift. What What's going on? And it, really what it is, it's your body's just evolving. It's just a different stage of life right now and, you know, as a kid when you make mistakes, the consequences aren't as significant as they are when you're an adult and you have responsibilities and there's all kinds of other things you know, so it gives you a little bit of flexibility, right? And the same with your metabolism. It gives you a little bit of flexibility because you're growing and you're developing and there's a lot at work and, you know, so you can get away with that shit then. But now as you get older, those things start to pay heavy consequences and the impact of those, of those things could have inf- been influenced by, you know, what you ate as a child. You know what I mean? Um, had you not eaten like a dick when you were a child, maybe your metabolism and your body might not be in such, you know, so far behind the eight ball when you get older. But again, you can't turn back the hands of time. What happened, happened. So it's what are we going to do with it now? And this is where the coaching and the investment in your health starts to take place. There's good people out there, like myself, that have a very broad perspective and a very open mind and can help navigate through this minefield and attach your specific goals and desires in regards to your lifestyle and health to food and behaviors and the psychology and, and everything that attaches itself to it, we could help. And just like a really good financial advisor or a really good counselor or a really good dentist or a really good mechanic can not only help you, can not only, you know, they can fix your shit, Whereas myself, it's entirely up to you. It's a total information thing. It's me reading you. It's people like myself reading you and giving you information and you applying the information and giving us feedback. So it's, it's really an art form more than a science. So you have people like us out there that can work with you, help you identify certain things that you need in order to achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve and establishing that piece of you that you are, the piece of you that might have gotten lost along the way when you made that transition from adolescence to adulthood and your priorities shifted along with your hormones and metabolism and hairline and all the other shit that happens. Um... So it's really, really important to the middle-aged demographic, you know, that you pay attention now, right? We're the ones at risk, and when we're at risk, our children are at risk, because if we can't raise our kids, who's going to? And this is, right, this is the downside. this is the rub, this is the cascading effect. My father always used to say, shit rolls downhill, Um so we need to we need to pay attention as a nutritionist for a lot of years. I'm constantly you know berated by people um regarding well, why aren't you you know we, we need to get into the school systems it's we need to teach the kids how to eat and really, honestly, I think like the medical system um and I'm not going to say it's broken people because i again it's it's not we just it's you know a hammer. We could, we could perceive a hammer as a broken tool for trying to fix a goddamn watch with it, right? Oh, this tool doesn't work. This tool is shit. No, idiot. You're trying to fix your watch with something that isn't meant to fix a watch. So the school systems right now are overwhelmed, right? They're, they're powerless. They can't say anything to the kids. It's all, you know, it's, it's survival of the weakest. And that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but they've got enough on their plates. You know, where, where are the parents in all this? Why aren't the parents raising their kids? Why aren't the parents capable of taking responsibility for their child's long-term health, you know, their chronic health, their daily health? How come we got to go to schools and get them to teach the kids so the kids can come home and argue with the parents who are buying the groceries and making those decisions and cooking the food and serving the food for at least one meal a day, maybe preparing a lunch. Why are we sending the kids home to cause shit, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting this rift between the parent who is, you know, the 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 uh, head of, of the family, being questioned on their authority and judgment. So off right off the get-go, there's already you know friction there. Instead of looking at getting to the parents. Focusing on the demographic right now with children that are impressionable, that don't despise their parents or look down on their parents, right? Because there's a minimal time there. There's only a certain amount of time before the kids start to look at their parents and see their flaws, and then those flaws start to grow because now the kids are out in the real world. They're making mistakes on their own. They're starting to see through their parents' bullshit, and no longer mommy and daddy are their heroes. And that time is is greatly decreased now. Because any of the kids that I talk to over the age of eight or nine, they don't wanna be like their parents. They don't look up to their parents. They don't uh aspire to be anything like them. If anything, it's the opposite. The parents are leading by a negative example. Oh, I don't wanna be like my dad or I don't wanna be like my mom, right? I don't want my marriage to end up like their marriage. I don't want right, so they're it's it's a it's a backhanded um it's a backhanded way of looking at things. So, you know, the parents aren't doing a good job right now. We aren't doing a good job. We're dropping the ball, and we're putting all of the ownership on the medical system and the school systems. Let's, you know, raise our kids, and then if they're messed up psychologically, then it's the school's issue. It's bullying at the school. It's the the, the way that the teachers, you know, teach or if they're sick it's because the medical system failed them but the medical system and the teaching structure and you know the schooling system they're not set up like that they never they never were and you know again I'm not going to speak too in depth or go into too depth too much depth in areas that I'm not an expert in but you know I did go to school for quite a long time and I am familiar with the medical system um You know, the schools are set up to create um, employable people that are no longer really employable because what they're training them for is no longer existing, like it's phasing out, right? Uh, Factories and, you know, eating at 8 o'clock and 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock and memorizing and regurgitating information and following timetables and structures and deadlines and things like this. These things are all becoming passe. I mean, Google and and Microsoft and uh, Apple, I mean, they're not even hell-bent on hiring people with college diplomas or degrees, right? Because they see it as they've been taught how to think. They're great at regurgitating stats and statistics and information, but in terms of creativity, they're sucking ass because they've been taught to learn, but they've never been taught to think, and they don't question and, you know, my company, Insight, this the podcast, what the podcast is based on, is based on asking better questions, right? It's not about asking for answers. It's about asking for information and formulating your own goddamn answers because, really, that's the way it works, right? The world was never changed by I-daughters and T-crossers. It's always these... Uh, extraordinary people that are sometimes regarded as the oddities. It could be these people that are at these anime, you know, uh, conventions that do something absolutely incredible that change the way that we perceive the world. And that's why, again, insight is always focused on perception, right? Your perception is your reality. Change your perception, you change your life. So... Looking at food and the relationship that we have with it and how we use the food, I think is where we need to focus our attentions instead of focusing on the food itself let's focus on the the connection the communication between the food and our bodies and the environment. those three pillars that I keep talking about um, so that's you know that's kind of where we're at right now, and you know stop following these nutritional trends. And start setting them. Start opening these, opening your mindset. Um, for those of you that know me, you know my stance on. You know, I look at everything as a tool. Like nothing is just it, right? Um, so these ways of eating and living and thinking and stuff like that. Those are all just compartments of a tool chest. That depending on what it is that you're looking to create, you can dip into the tool chest and you can pick any one of those at any time. But in order to pick one up like we're one-handed you have to let one go right there's minimal space here two objects can occupy the same space so you know sometimes to to take on another belief or um, direction or you know something to that effect a tool quote-unquote air quotes you have to let the other one go you have to put it back in the box and it's not that you can never pick it up again but it's there you you have to put it back, right? And even if you went back and picked up that same tool, you may not even use it the same way, right? A hammer can pull a nail out of a wall or can hammer one in. Um, you don't always have to use it for the same purpose each, every time. You, you know, there's there's other purposes for it. There's other ways you can use it. And sometimes it's, you know, having putting it down and having... That, you know, getting to that cross point, that crossroads where you start to see the hammer for its other capacity, its other capabilities. All right. So I hope you're all following me with these analogies. Uh, so, you know, trends and things like this. So in the last 15 minutes of this podcast, what I'd like to focus on is, I guess, it came up in uh, uh, my Inside Online group was these Beyond Beef um, elements that are coming out everywhere, you know, uh, Canada, it's taking over by storm, people are investing in it huge, it's like marijuana for Christ's sake, Um, it's trending right now. So, Tim Hortons has it, there's multiple restaurants that have these burgers that are meant to look, taste, smell, and feel, and cook like beef. Now, as a nutritionist, again, a lot of people come to me and say, Neil, what's your opinion on this? Well, I'll I'll give you my opinion, and my opinion is just my opinion, all right? But it's a word of caution from an experiential point of view, based on years, decades of, of experience, is this fact that no one's looking at the big picture we're all trying to vilify something we want to point a finger and typically you know there's two hands involved one finger's pointing at the villain the other one's pointing at the savior there always has to be that like we all read comic books and watch the movies especially this day and age where its causality if there's a if there's a villain then there has to be a hero because that's what balances everything out the villain without the villain there can be no hero without the hero there can be no villain because a hero without villainy really doesn't get a chance to shine or sh- show his or her stuff so there's always that balancing effect going on and it's true in life so we love to identify that and again i i think the both fingers should be pointing back at ourselves and the fact that we are the villains here. We are the ones that are too lazy and too distracted to really you know, take up arms here and manage something that was God given to us is our own health. No matter what stage you're born with, you have the capacity to make it better or make it worse. We all see on, on your social media people born with no arms and no legs or whatever doing incredible things And meanwhile, we're sitting here, you know, in our nine to five jobs, complaining about our health and living a substandard quality of life. And they're out there living life to them, you know, a a greater life than, than we could even perceive at this point. And, you know, what's our excuse, right? So we've got this issue right now with people that want to eat meat but don't want to eat meat. And we've got companies, of course, it's a supply and demand. So people are, you know, putting their heads together and they're supplying these things. Now, I just, I'm just throwing out a word of caution here: is like, Be cautious. All right? Um, the common link that I can perceive between health and lack of health in terms of cultures, nationalities, like, you know, places on earth. Is it's not so much the nutrients, so not so much as it is the, the delivery of the nutrients. When you look at cultures that eat a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of vegetables tend to be, you know, and, and they're, they're low animal product, very low. And you look at other cultures that have a lot of animal product and eat a high fat, kind of a lower starch diet. These blue zones are called where people live abnormally long life expectancies and high qualities of life, um, virtually you know, virtually um, chronic illness um, free. There's a common link between them, right? So you know they eat very differently, but yet they're still extraordinarily healthy. So they're yielding or they're 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 uh, accomplishing the same thing through different different means. When you stand back and stop trying to prove one is better than the other and which one do we need to follow, you have to look at, the two, at all of them together. And if you were to lump them together, you would really start to identify that what it is, is their food's less refined. They eat whole foods. They eat foods that have not been processed. So, my word of caution is just a brief word of caution because there's a lot more research that needs to be done on this and all of the scare, you know, uh, scary information that's coming down the pipe regarding additives and flavorings and things like that that they're putting in these things. Again, you have to be cautious because who's funding that propaganda with such a rise in popularity and a huge market share coming? Um, again, you have to be careful because of, you know, the beef lob- lobbyists and people scrambling to not lose their profit margins tend to, you know, leak stuff out and cause and and create this buzz. So you you, you want to be very careful of you know what you pay attention to. The same with vaccines and all this other stuff and anti-vaccines. You got to be careful where the information is coming from, I and mean, you have to do your research. And it's not as black and white as do or don't. But my word of caution is what i've experienced as a veteran nutritionist dealing and worked with so many thousands of people over my career is always be wary of a food that is heavily refined okay and we may do an entire podcast on the whole dilemma with you know saving the planet and not eating meat and how we don't need meat um, I posted something on my Facebook page, Neil, Neil Birchall, on my own private page. I use that. That's basically my, my business. I post on that daily um, regarding my concerns about balance and how um, an organism so complex as, as we are and how the environment is such an influencer on us in regards to our nutritional needs. The environment basically determines our nutritional needs. Right An athlete is going to eat very differently and have different nutritional requirements than a non athlete um you know someone who has a high psychological stress load is going to have different nutritional requirements than someone who does not like there's so many variables in there, the human variable and the environmental variable and how they kind of mesh together so um I'm just concerned about eliminating specific macronutrients or food sources in general like you know eliminating all animal products i don't think and in this is my belief i and i'll really i can argue this very very well is i don't believe that that's the answer not for human beings or a planet right um but i believe in the responsible individual use of it the same way and i'll go back to the very beginning see it seems like i'm off on tangents here but i'm not I'm coming back to the old Canada, right? Uh, the 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 fact that we are very accepting of people's ethnic backgrounds, their religious views, beliefs, their um, sexual orientation, you know, the clothes that they wear, the things that they say. We're very protective of that. So people's individuality. It's the same, guys. When it comes to nutrition, is we need to be respect respectful. We need to respect our own individual nutritional needs, not just our viewpoints because viewpoints can be altered depending on trends and popularity and and there's a lot of pressure. But in regards to what our bodies actually need in order to do what we ask it to do and to be able to equalize the pressure with the environment that it's in. To be as strong as the environment and eventually be stronger than the environment and, and evolve forward as opposed to evolve backwards, right? For the first time in recorded history, our youth, the generation born after the year 2000, will have a lesser life expectancy, right? So, again, step back, stop looking through keyholes, stop looking for, you know, good and bad, wrong or right, and start looking at the big picture, and you'll start to see these things. There's something inherently wrong with the decision-making that w- that we are involving ourselves in, right? Why do we keep listening to the same people and following the same trends, dressed up and, and labeled differently, and expecting different results, right? Why don't we start thinking for ourselves? Why don't we work with adequate people out there, these visionaries like myself that see things in a big capacity to give you... A, uh, a bigger view so that you can pick where you want to stand in this and you can pick what's best for you as opposed to asking others what is best for you. So when it comes to these substitutes, the same way as we went through aspartame and sucralose and all these and, and um, vitamin supplements and these things, they're not as good as they come out of the gate saying they are. All right, isolated food nutrients are not as good. There's a post that I put up on my facebook book page, sorry regarding and and um, uh, T. Colin Campbell, who is one of the head you know the 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 most revered food researchers on the planet talking about this type of stuff. Um, it's just not as good as the real thing. There's a saying that you know vitamin A doesn't cure cancer, the carrot does. Or vitamin A doesn't prevent cancer, it's the carrot that prevents cancer. And there's a lot of truth to it. So is, the more that we get uh, pushed on to this healthy, quote-unquote, air quotes, healthy food like these meat substitutes and them touting that it's healthy, I want you guys to think of this. And those of you that have heard me speak before have heard me say this. We determine the health of food, not the food. Okay, because water can kill you just as, just as easily as it can save your life. If you don't drink water, you're dead within a week. If you drink 12 liters today, it will kill you. Alright, so is water healthy? Or is the use of the water really the determining factor of health? The understanding and the application of the water. So if we can understand our food... A little bit better, and there's nothing more complicated than a man-made food, all right. Even if it is a, a, a monstrosity and um, a Frankenstein of all kinds of different natural ingredients. Now, arsenic is a natural ingredient, right? But it's it's the way it's presented to the body. Okay, Frankenstein food is never going to beat a food that has evolved with the planet and in symbiotic evolution with the human being, right? The deer eats the apple, the deer digests the apple and shits out the seeds because the seeds are meant to be defecated. The seeds are poisonous. The seeds are, you know, and there's a symbiotic evolution there, right? The reason why the deer does not absorb the seed is because the apple tree needs to survive. There's an evolutionary, you know, bond between the two after spending millennia, poisoning one another and destroying one another, they've, they've worked to evolve into this dance that took millennia to, to make, to create, to, to perfect. So here we are and our environment is changing so much faster than our body and these trends that are coming and going every couple of years, they're, they're weakening our physiological and psychological structure. And we don't know who it is that we are. We don't know how to feed. How do you feed someone who you don't know, right? Um, so we're becoming a lot more detached with ourselves, and we're coming. We're becoming a lot more detached with our food. So, and Canada is one of the top three countries right now when it comes to all of these behaviors, and these behaviors... Um, creating purchase points for these illnesses to get in, right? The absence of health is where disease exists. Like disease really isn't anything but the lack of health. And I think we're too focused on, on fighting disease and we're not focused enough on creating more health, okay? So just cautionary words here. You know, um, and I can get in more depth as I do more research on it and talk to different people and read different things to be able to get a broader perspective on this. But in my experience, having dealt with so many other things, uh, uh you know, this isn't the first time that something like this has come around, but it's the market is ripe for this type of thing, right? um. People are aware of it. It's in our thought process. So, of course, we've created this market now that people are thinking about it. But I don't want you to look at it as healthier, okay? You have to be careful with that because, again, 10 years down the road, they may discover something in this that they jumped the gun on and that they weren't aware of at that time because they didn't have long-term studies in on it. And how the human body reacts to something is unique to the individual but the chances of something adversely long-term happening to something that the body has developed itself around for hundreds of thousands of years is significantly less even if that food is altered minutely um, then it is from something that was literally created in a factory okay so I don't agree with thinking that this is healthier and this is being deemed as a healthier option. I think it's a personal choice. If you choose not to eat meat, then good. That's This is Canada. You can do whatever the fuck you want, right? And be okay with it. But don't fly it under the flag of healthier options and saving the planet. I think that's a load of bullshit, okay? That's just my two cents on that. So I hope uh, we're coming up to the hour mark here. So I hope everybody... Uh, who's listening to this, who's capable of listening to it, um, enjoys it, sees kind of you know, the perspectives that I'm trying to get people to take in. You know what I mean? Broaden it a little bit. Give yourself a little wiggle room here so that you're not so bound and tied and feel like you're walking that tightrope that I keep talking about. Health isn't something that you need to make the body achieve. It's something that you let the body achieve. Right? If you're unhealthy or unhappy, it's because you got in the way. It's because you didn't let shit happen. Right? It doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean to sit on your ass or sit on your hands and do absolutely nothing. What it is, it's about holding strong. All right? It's about expending your energy in the, spending your energy, keeping the exterior equalizing your pressure so if you can imagine you're holding your hand out and you're keeping the world outside outside and you're controlling and focusing on what you can which is that circle that bubble that exists on the other side of that hand okay Um, instead of putting all of your energy into changing things outside of that reach right imagine just close your eyes and mentally picture or even stand up and do it your arms are stretched out to either side full length palms facing out and that is what you control from that space from where your fingernails and knuckles are staring at you in the side of the head right to the other fingers and knuckles on the other side that's what you control that's your domain and that is what you focus on, right that will as long as you can keep the pressure in there in that bubble equal to the pressure that 's external then you 're good to go all right so by focusing your energies on that as opposed to focusing again what 's happening outside of that bubble um, it's the minute you start focusing your energy outside of that bubble, it dissipates it's it's a it 's a drop of rain in an ocean, right, so, um, instead of wasting your energy out there, I think it could be better served, um, focusing inwards, and, uh, making the daily decisions, a small environment, right, so, that the small bubble that we have, we make small decisions in that small bubble, and they have big consequences, so I think that's where we really need to focus our, our, uh, our energies, and, um, uh, you know listening to podcasts like this and broadening that perspective what it does is it i think it will help people identify where their bubble is in this big immense expansive evolving world and i think once you find where that bubble is once you find that 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 zone that you're willing to protect um then i think you've got something right Um, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want, and if you don't know what you want, then what are you fighting for? Right? Someone else's ideas. And uh, that's not... uh, That's, you know... It's very rare these days that you'll find someone who's willing to die for someone else's ideas. Now the shoe's on the other foot, and, uh, you know, instead of dying for what you believe in, like we used to do in the good old days, um, now it's really just about, you know, what are you willing to live for, right, to the point where you're willing to think outside the box, do things differently, um, not be comfortable, but um, be whole, right, be purposeful. And in that discomfort, um, will it will become comfortable because you'll be familiar with it. And that's the thing, what's unfamiliar at first becomes familiar over time. I think that's where the issue is, is we've, you know, it's a superpower that we have to be able to adapt to our environment, um, but it's been used for the wrong reason. We've adapted to an environment that isn't ours, right? We've dropped our hands, and we've picked up uh, portable devices, and we're tapping on keyboards, and we're no longer putting those hands out, um, stretched, and creating that bubble that... uh, that we need in order to have what it is that we need to survive. Okay? Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sorry I ran a little bit over just by five minutes. Um, there'll be more coming next week, different topic, and uh, um, I hope you, all of you that are Canadian-based right now are um, having a great Canada Day weekend, and I hope you're all thankful for what we have here. Yes, we're not perfect, but God damn it, no one is. And it's in... It's in embracing our imperfections that we have the potential to become closer to perfect, right? The crack is where the light gets in, um, the break is where the bone heals the strongest. So, by embracing our diversity, by embracing our issues, and talking about these issues and bringing them to the forefront, um, it's not easy. And, you know, it's not about not hurting anybody's feelings or, or anything like that. It's about the greater good, and the fact of the matter is nothing bad can ever come from the truth. It doesn't mean that there won't be you know people laid to waste or um, uh, people won't get hurt, but that's just the cost. And, the, and we can't be concerned about that, all right? It's the outcome more so than um, what happens in between that's the most important. OK? Anyway, thanks again, everybody. Take care.